0: What's up, y'all? This is Chris Kane here with another unofficial therapy podcast. Thank you all for tuning in once again. I actually feel kind of bad. We taped a podcast last week, and I suck with technology, and I actually deleted it. So the reason we've been gone for, like, 11 days is not because we haven't had topics. I had someone else in studio, did the whole podcast, and we had to kind of edit some of the content. And somehow I pushed delete, and then I tried to undo delete, and then I don't know. But... We lost like a 40-minute podcast, which is very sad for me, and I'm sad for you guys. You missed out on some good content, so you just get me this week, but I want to let you guys know I haven't forgotten about you, just technical difficulties. Um, I want to get started by giving a shout-out to everyone who came out to my Dirty 30 birthday comedy show in Miami. It was an awesome show. To all my comics, Julie, Justin, Surab, Anna, uh, Elaine, Regina... Did I miss anybody. I think I saw the people that was on the show. Um, they all were great. The crowd vibe with them, and it was a really nice night to celebrate, man. It's always amazing that people come out to see see the shows. I always think that people just get tired of me and just not show up at some point. That's like that fear thing when you put energy into something, you just have a fear that, you know what, what if it doesn't go well? And it just it it, it went well, man. Packed. Pa- Packed the place out. People ate a lot of food. People drank a lot. They had a good time. Um, my sister Priscilla came in town to see me. It was the first time she had ever seen me perform. So that was really big um, just for that that part of it. I still haven't gotten my mom to a show. That's that's my next thing on the priority list. Like my, Priscilla seen me. My brother Henry seen me. But I haven't gotten my other two brothers or my sister. My other sister, Sharon, or my mom to see me. So those that's on my to-do list so I can get the whole family to see me at some point before you know like TV stuff or whatever pops off then that would be the goal but it was really awesome to see everyone out there supporting everyone had a good time and I'm internally thankful for everyone that came out and a lot of people told their friends and family who I would never met before and they came out they paid bought merch and stuff it was just a really special occasion man and Thank y'all for making, I'm not even, my birthday's actually tomorrow, but it was a celebration of my birthday. So that was, that was very special. I appreciate that because I'm because I'm turning 30 though, you know, now things are starting to, I can't say crystallize, but this is a good checkpoint to kind of look back on stuff. I think every five years is probably a good number to like reevaluate where you've been. And so from 25 to 30, you start thinking about how much you've changed and grown. And, and a lot of stuff has gone down, man. Um, I like at 25, I think I was just starting to figure out this whole training thing. And I was still in Florida doing that, you know, trying to figure out where I wanted to be with myself. And now five years later, I'm out in LA, I'm trying to figure it out again. And there's a belief that you should have it all together when you turn 30. I think that's societal. Um, some of that is biological, I guess, if you're a woman. This is when you should really start thinking about kids and stuff. But I don't know. I don't really subscribe to the age thing. I know, we all know people who are under 30 that are killing it. Like 22, 23-year-olds who started their own companies and already you know, have employees and no tax codes and stuff. We know those people. And then we know 40-year-olds who are just kind of aimlessly kind of you know, going through life. And everyone's different. Everyone's path is different. If, you're, if your path is one that's more rigid, like, I want to be, oh, I, I want to start a company. You can start a company as soon as you have an idea, LLC, and you can kind of go from there, right? So the idea of having it all together in that respect, it seems more simplistic. It's just, I want to start a clothes company. Okay, cool. You got a title, uh, mm-hmm. company name? Yeah. All right. You have design ideas? Yeah. You can start making it? Yeah. And then you can kind of go from there. If it blows up, it blows up, you know, but you can kind of do that. In this entertainment kind of game, you know, there's a lot of luck involved and there's a lot of connection kind of things involved. And so you can pop because you're affiliated with the right people. And then you can also just be kind of moving around for a long time, working on your craft, you know, trying to build connections, trying to expand your influence, waiting for the opportunity pop and LA is where it's at and so I'm, I'm starting over out here but even in the time that I've been here I've seen the improvement when I first started this podcast you guys remember it was man just barely hanging on right Like it was yeah I want to stay here hopefully I'm here long enough to make it but you know it's, it's a struggle out here and now you know this six eight months later it's all right cool we're we're gonna stay here for, for, for the foreseeable future Things are good. Um, I got my group solstice. We're out here putting out content. Things are popping. And now it's just, all right, what's the next step? So we're already building blocks out here. When six months ago, it was, I'm trying to find a block to build in the first place. And so you can look back and reflect on what you've been doing in moments and your growth and all that. I think you have to take solace and take some minor victories and like, little wins. Because there's plenty of times where you could have given up and just kind of packed it all in and kind of went backwards. And I saw a TED Talk maybe two years ago, and they were trying to gauge what makes people more successful than other people. And obviously, there's, you know, basic markers. Socioeconomics, if you come from a really nice background and you don't have to work that hard, then you maybe have more financial advantages. So you can just kind of use family income to start a company. It's easier to start a company if you say Dad I need ten thousand dollars, right? That seems reasonable. There's basic intellect. Some people are just, you know, born quicker, smarter, so they just can kinda of figure through it. But what they found that overall the thing that really determines it is grit. It's the ability to just keep pushing, keep persevering, right? Even if you have advantages financially, you may first company may just bomb. And then you have to push through that and then start another one. Or find out what, what went wrong the first time and kind of go from there. Um, and grit is, I don't know if it's something you grow into. I'm not sure if it's something you kind of accumulate. I think it really is something you have. And I think it probably happens as, as a child, where let's say you wanted to play soccer or something, and you went out and the ball hit you in the face, and <laughs> your face is all red, and you wanted to cry. And instead of saying, I'm not playing soccer anymore, I don't want balls flying out my face, you say, all right, that hurt, but I'm going to keep playing. Like You're already exhibiting grit at a child age without knowing that you're doing so. You just don't want to let that moment be the deciding factor for what you are, so you just kind of keep pushing through it. The same thing happens in school, right? You fail a test, and your grade dropped. And instead of saying, well, well, I failed that test. So I might as well just mail it in. You say, no, nah, I think I can still push it to the next level. Like I gotta study real hard for the next test and if I do really well in the final I can get my grade back to where I want to get it to and you kind of keep pushing through and that and that tenacity that little thing you have that makes you want to keep doing better, I think that's something you're either born with or you don't have and I believe that I have grit, I don't know how to like quantify it other than with life experience but I think that tenacity and that ability just to keep you just keep pushing like if you guys ever seen my posts on social media I, I have the hashtag keep going or like always forward a lot and the always forward thing is like you just you just you just keep pushing man you just keep going forward they they are essentially the same thing but I feel the need to say both maybe to reiterate you know <laughs> how much I believe in that but you, you, you're gonna get knocked down It's going to happen. There's no way around it. There's going to be times where you're flying high. Everything's clicking, man. You got a good job. Your girl's doing well or your boy, whatever. You know, you're feeling you're in good shape, this, this, and that. And just, just, you're going to get derailed at some point. We all know people who've been derailed slightly that completely threw them off their course of what they were trying to do. Like, hey, what are you trying to do? Oh, I want to be a photographer. And then you enter a photo competition or something and you don't you don't get it or someone gets it, gets it over you and you think you're better than they are. And you say, well, the system's rigged them out. And it's like, but you're great at this. Keep going. There'll be more competitions. Find a different medium. Don't fuck with competitions. Maybe d- just have a dope portfolio and do your own independent thing. Like, there's, so, there's so many avenues you can take. Why would you just give up and people just bail? And I think the most tragic thing is someone to be truly gifted and talented at something. And just let it slip from lack of effort and lack of fight. We and I, I know a lot of I know comics like that, I know artists like that, I know a couple of musicians. Like, dude, you, you you have an incredible voice. You're a great writer. You're a great director. All that stuff. Why why why'd you stop? Well, you know how the game is, and it's like, come on, man, don't don't give up on something that you're amazing at. There's only... I think if, if you have something in your life that you're truly amazing at, and not everyone does, there's some people who are just kind of mediocre at everything. Or there are people who are just slightly above average at everything. I do think everyone has something that they can kind of hang their hat on. It may be like a dish. Maybe you're like really good at making eggs or something. <laughs> that seems minor, but, you know, we you got to find something to hang your hat on. You can't just be like, I'm a 5 out of 10 across the board. You got to find something that... You're at least a 6 or a 7 at. But... I think we all have something that we're really, truly great at, and you hope that that thing you're great at can be monetized because you have to have a living, right? You can't just, I'm really great at, you know, looking up at space, like, I guess you can be, like, an astronomer or whatever, but you got to find something that you're truly great at, and then hopefully that thing makes you happy. There are people who are really great at something, but it doesn't give them any satisfaction, so they stop doing it, and that's... Maybe tragic in his own right, but. That's what these these last five years have really shown me that. You just gotta keep pushing man. There are times where I thought for sure this is this is the direction I'm going. This is how things are going to go. Alright, it's it's logical do this A to B to C equals D right? It's been that kind of thing and all of a sudden it's just thrown on his head and it's. Nope, that's not how it's supposed to go. And what happens is. We all make a plan about how we want things to go for the most part. And then sometimes the plan just flips and you got to have a plan B and then like a plan C and then a plan D. And ultimately, you're trying, to, you're trying to walk through certain doors to get you to where you want to get to. But all you can really do is walk through the doors that open up for you. And sometimes those happen exactly how you plan it out. I'm mean, going to college for four years, go to law school, get out, work for this law firm, be a high-powered lawyer, right? Those, that happens like that. But sometimes you go through the first two steps and say, I don't don't want to work for a firm. I want to do my own thing. And then you now go independent. So that's a different door than the first one. And you you may get to the same goal, same destination, but you don't know how it goes, right? It's just I think when I was younger, this is maybe between 20 and 25, I thought I can plan out and just execute everything the way my brain saw it. So it was like, this is my plan. I want to go through things this way. And what started happening is the plan started getting more and more derailed, but I was so stubborn about the plan that I tried to keep forcing it, right? And it's, it's, no, this is the plan. It has to work because I give him this much energy to it. And it was that kind of, it's kind of that that thinking. I would just keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing that plan. And at a certain point, it was, dude, just get off that plan. Obviously, it's not working. Or even if it does work, it's not going to work the way you want it to because you're putting so much more into it than you were willing to put into it when it first started. Maybe you slightly adjust your trajectory a little bit. And then you find there's happiness in other plans. I never at any point had designs of being a personal trainer. I never even thought about it. It was an opportunity. A friend, a boy Scott, saw me in college. I used to work out all the time when I was doing football stuff. And he was like, listen, man, I know you, you know, football was a dream, you got injured, blah, blah, blah. You're in good shape, man, you should come work at the gym. And I was like, well, I'm working at a gym? I, I worked at Wendy's at the time. Great job, by the way, love Wendy's. And I was like, well, I already have a job. And he was like, well, you know, you can just do like eight to ten hours, dude. Just, I don't know, it's a great job if you want it. And I said, you know what, why not? And I, I went for an interview and pretty much got the job on the spot. And... Once we started doing training stuff, like I was so nervous about hurting people, because I knew how to work out for me because I I know my body, but I didn't know other people's bodies. But I was so like analytical and so literal about everything that I was afraid that if I did a push up improperly, then I might hurt someone's collarbone and that they get hurt. Then I'll be a bad trainer and I want to make money and that my credibility would go down. And I was super nervous, so my first sessions were not good. I feel sorry for, like, Jose and all of my other early clients who had to suffer through that phase in my life. But what happened eventually was it was, dude, like, just, just keep pushing, all right? Keep learning. Each time you train, you learn something. Each time you progress in exercise or regress in exercise or whatever, you're, you're learning. You're, you're getting your, your, your leg, your, was it water legs or whatever they're called, like, when you get better in the water, whatever. You're getting better each time you do it. And at a certain point, it was, I think I'm pretty good at this. I wonder how far this can go. And that was 10 years ago. And I'm a trainer now. And, you know, I don't know if I'll ever stop doing that. Because there's so much that's brought me from, like, most of my friends are trainers or comedians. But that world has taught me self-discipline. It's taught me... Like growth has taught me how to like improve people's bodies. It's taught me how to link with people, like on an emotional level, and find that commonality between emotions and physical. Like that's I wasn't thinking about any of that stuff until I started doing it. Initially, I became a trainer just to make some extra money in college, and now it's how can I expand my now have a training business, right? How do you how do you expand what you do and what you know to affect? more and more people and trying to get involved in online training and all those things that go along with it. You had told me 10 years ago before I started, hey, man, a decade from now, you're going to be 30 and working in a gym. I was like, damn, I must not have, must not have made it. <laughs> I must be an unsuccessful person to be working at a gym wearing a name tag at 30. What kind of life am I living? And then, and yet here I am. So you just, you kind of keep going and Stand-up kind of went the same way. Um, I never had any aspirations of being a stand-up comic. I always wanted to be a writer and just an actor. I started writing skits in like seventh grade. And I thought, man, I'm going to have my own TV show at some point, sketch comedy, and play a lot of roles, kind of like Martin did back on his show. And that was what my, my vision was. And then it wasn't until college when my boy Jordan Kaufman was doing a show for his group Vestas. And he was like, hey, man, you're really funny at work. You know, you, you know we like being around you do you, you want to be like a host for our event? And I was like, oh, dope, man. Yeah, of course I'll be a host. I want to be an entertainer, of course. He said, well, listen, we have a 10-minute intermission like in the middle. Um, you can do what you want. You can talk to the crowd. You can, you know, play an instrument. If you how to play an instrument, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I should try doing stand-up. I've been watching a lot of stand-up recently. And I don't know. I think I'm funny. They just take a crack at it. I can't even front, the first time I got on stage, it did not go well. Um, I rushed through my set. I was dripping sweat after like 20 seconds of talking. I was like, I actually remember the, the intro. I was like, hey, fellas, don't you get tired of women telling you they want something when they want something else? And then that got like a little light chuckle. And it was like, girls always say that they want a good guy. But all the girls I know be dating bad boys, and they were, and even that got a couple of chuckles. But then, oh, it went downhill after that, and I was like, it's just one girl at work, right? And it it just spiraled, and I was telling this extremely personal story with no way for someone else to like insert themselves into it, so it was just it just sounded like me complaining. It didn't sound like a satire or a commentary on society. It was just. And I told Jessica that I had a crush on her, and it was just it—it it was bad. And I don't know if it derailed the show. I think they did a good enough job that night. They just kind of kept going. But um, I remember my boy Mike Crowley was there watching. He's like, "Yo, you killed it!" I was like, "Nah, <laughs> I said, nah, nah, don't give me that. It wasn't. I I died up there. There's, somebody got killed, and it was me. It was It wasn't good. So. And again, that happened maybe a couple years after I started training and now I'm in LA pursuing this full time and he gave me the gateway and maybe he if he hadn't said it I would have found a way to do an open mic at some point who knows what would have happened but that was the intro to it and you kind of walk through the doors that open for you that's that's the best advice I can give anybody um, who's younger than I am or even people who are older than me who haven't figured it out yet it's we all have these grand plans for what we want to do. Like we all wanted things to go exactly the way it goes in our dreams. We want to be the protagonist and the hero of our story all the time. And it, what happens more likely than not is you start somewhere and then you end up somewhere else. That's why so many people get degrees and then don't work in the field they have, they have that degree in. Right? I don't know what the numbers are. I, I read it a couple years ago. It was a, a very high number of people who either start a degree, leave it, and do a different degree, or get a degree, and don't even work in that field. Because you thought, in college, I want to do this. And what probably happened is you got halfway through the degree and said, well, I can't can't stop. I can't just waste two or three years of my life, so I might as well finish the degree. But this isn't what I like doing. I don't love doing this. And then you get out, and you start doing other stuff. So you have people who have psychology degrees who... You know work in who work at staples as like an assistant general manager or something, and it's like maybe a marketing degree would have at least falls more in line with that or even a sales kind of background, but you know it just you you kind of go with what opens up for you and so I think I had an idea at thirty I would be super established right I would have a place. Like a house that I own, I didn't know what state I would be in, but a place to call my own. That would be in some TV show or some movie, where people can at least snap their fingers. Hey, you were, um, you were in that one thing. I'm like, yeah, that was me. And you just kind of go from there. That's what I thought I would be at this point. Maybe a kid, maybe not. I didn't. Probably a kid by this point. And I'm turning 30, and none of those things are what they are and I can't say that it's from fail. I can't say that it's from a lack of effort. I think it just wasn't what was in the cards. It's just not what it was supposed to be. We do this a lot with relationships, right? You get with someone and you're with them for a couple of years, a you know, three, four, five year relationship, and you just assume that you're going to marry them and then live happily ever after. Or let's say you do get married. And then down the line, you get a divorce or you find that you're unhappy later. And it's, it's so jarring to our person because it goes against everything we thought was the case Five year relationship you see me at my best, see me at my worst. we're on the same page, financially we're good, and maybe someone just falls out of i can't say love falls out, falls out of you no know, want to with you like they still love you, they still want what 's best for you, they just don 't want to be with you anymore, and all of a sudden it's like, what do I do now? I plan my life for this person, and now that's not the case there's a new door that opens up i always tell people you're going to find someone better i don't know if that's true or not but the idea that that was your one shot to be happy seems unreasonable to me so i have to assume you'll find someone even if it's not a better person maybe in terms of the total package it's someone who's better suited for what you are and what you're doing and and so you can kind of you know quantify how what, what better is They may not make as much money, but they make you happier. They may not be as good of a lover, but they're a better parent, right? Like those, you can kind of play with the this or that kind of situation, but I have to believe that. And so I'm approaching 30 at this point, not accomplishing a lot of things I thought I should have accomplished at this point. And I can't be sad about that, or I shouldn't be. I don't think there's any value in that. And so the goal is, when I do this podcast, turning 31, that I'm in a better place than, I'm in, than I am now. And you can say, oh, okay, cool. Well, in the past year of 30, I've done X, Y, and Z. And then as 31 comes, I'm going to be doing this. And then for that year of 31, I'm going to do that. And then, you know, we'll see when these things come to fruition. But the bottom line is, wherever you are in your life, I know a lot of people who are near my age or a little bit older are still trying to figure things out. Like, if you're in the right profession, if your finances are where they are, trying to get your credit right, um, your relationship right, and you just, I should have it all figured out by now. And it's, according to who? I don't know how many, I know a lot of parents who don't have it all figured out. And their kids are in high school or in college. And I'm like, you're 48, and you don't have it all figured out. You're still trying to figure out, you're starting careers over at 52. So you obviously don't have it figured out. So why is it, Why is there a requirement for someone in their 20s and 30s to have it all figured out? Just go down the path that you're going down. Walk through the doors you walk through. Align yourself with people who you think can help you and people who make you better and make you feel, (laughs) not some type of way, who make you feel valued and make you feel important. And the doors will start to open up, and you start making decisions from that. Not every door that opens is the right door. Some doors need to be closed, but... All you can do is put yourself in position to walk through the doors. And then once you do, then make the most of whatever's on the other side. I feel good about that wrap-up. So I'm going <laughs> to wrap up the podcast there. It's like That was a nice little bow to put on it. But uh, thank you guys again for for listening all this time and for supporting me and for allowing me to continue to do this. I want this to keep growing and expanding. There's more fun stuff coming down the pike. In this and next time i talk to you guys i'll be in my 30s so that's gonna be what it's gonna be hopefully i have a cool story to tell you about like a birthday thing or a gift i got or what have you but i don't want to put too much pressure on people to you know do stuff so we'll see how it goes but as always hit me up on social medias at sexy comedy on twitter and ig and i will see you guys next time deuces